Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Saddest Night Out. I'm Roy. I talk, etc. It's been a very long day. There were severe delays on the London Underground, so I got back even later than I normally do. And I'm a little bit knackered, but it's been a minute since I've been on here. And I was determined to do it because I want to talk about something that for some reason feels awkward to talk about or awkward to acknowledge. But in not doing so, I'm missing out. The last episode I did, I did the Spotify Wrapped. To my knowledge, there are three types of Spotify Wrapped. I've spoken about one, which is the one that everyone who has Spotify gets, which is Spotify Wrapped as a listener. Here is what you listen to, what you listen to the most, your top five, and so on and so forth. The one that I've never had, which I am determined to get next year, is Spotify Wrapped as an artist which is here's how many streams you got in how many countries, increases, most popular and all that type of stuff. And the one I'm going to talk about now, amongst other things, is Spotify Wrapped as a podcaster, where you essentially get your stats of how your podcast is doing. And that made me think about how when you make something and put it out there for the world to see, it can feel really scary and daunting and intimidating, largely because you you are biased in your uh, judgment of how good your thing is. You're biased because you're the one who made it. You wouldn't make it if you didn't in some way like making it. But once you put it out there, you might be met... Imagine the worst auditions for things like The X Factor or American Idol. You go on that show thinking you are amazing and the whole world is going to be knocked out by just how good you are. And then you do whatever it is you do and you're met with overwhelmingly negative negative feedback and it can make you wish you'd never ever put anything out there that's a very real and understandable fear but the flip side of that is that people might actually like what it is you do now for me i'm a little bit white knuckle edge of my seat let me just uh, just put something out there and then close the door behind me after i put it out there just i've got it out there close the door <sighs> take a deep breath until i have to do it again what I haven't really taken the time to do is see if anyone has, see who has seen what I do and what they've said about it. And I think if you can, you have to grow the thick skin to take any negative feedback. But once you can actually find the positive feedback, I think it can be a really powerful fuel for making more stuff. Because now you're like, oh, I got three comments on this one. Maybe I'll get four. 10 in the next one or something it can be dicey because just as much as it can fuel you to want to make more i think if you make one thing and get a thousand views and then the next thing only gets 10 that can be devastating and really kill your enthusiasm the thing about doing anything is that you have to tap into the resource of discipline ultimately which is to say you do the thing regardless of the outside influences so say exercise going for a run you do it whether it's sunny, whether it's rainy, whether you're in the mood or not in the mood. It's just something you know you have to do. And I'll be honest, when it comes to doing anything creative, doing anything like this, that has been an ongoing struggle. For instance, this is supposed to be a daily podcast, but my Spotify app for podcasting tells me I did 40 episodes this year, which is a lot, but it's not 365. <laughs> which, in Although apparently I think... Spotify Wrapped really only measures from the start of January to the end of October. 
November is when they... No, to the end of... Yeah, end of October? Yes, because November, is, I think, is when they process all the data and create all of the slideshow, presentation, whatever's that they're going to give to each person. December is when they share it. And those months, I think they recognise people's listening is skewed heavily by Christmas music. So if they did actually measure from January 1st to December 31st, there'd be a lot of Christmas stuff that would skew everything and so it wouldn't be as accurate as they're trying to be. So from January 1st to October 31st, I made 40 episodes when it could have been 304. So that whole discipline thing is a struggle, but I'm going to look at the actual positive feedback, people who have said nice things about what I do, and maybe that might fuel something in me to want to keep doing it and feel like, oh, there are people out there. It's the difference between going to deciding whether or not you want to play an open mic and thinking whether I play or not doesn't make too much of a difference because no one's going to know I'm there. Sure, there's the odd chance that this might be the night when that person is at your performance and everything happens. But odds are that's not going to happen. It's very easy to decide, "Ah, I I won't play the open mic tonight. Versus you have a show on Friday and people have bought tickets. It's a lot harder to say, I don't think I'll play that show because you know there's an audience waiting. That's what I'm trying to channel by doing this. We're going to start with my most neglected online platform, that is YouTube. I've put some videos on there, largely covers, because that just feels like the easiest thing to do and put out there and maybe find some kind of audience. But I've never... I I have made all of my notifications quiet. So when it comes to social media, I only really see the notifications when I open the app, within the app, rather than having that distraction just there with a buzz whenever something happens. And I haven't really looked at that side of YouTube when I open YouTube. I normally open it to watch stuff, not to look at what feedback I've gotten. But maybe that changes now. So, the videos that have received comments. I did a cover of Down is the New Up by Radiohead. Micah Buzzin Music said, awesome cover. This is such an underrated Radiohead track. Wish they'd play it again live. Very nice work. CY Learn PVP said, damn, cover more Radiohead, man. I subscribe. That's nice to hear. I did another video, a short video of a bass cover of the song 1251 by The Strokes. And Orlin Bro said, love this. I did a cover of my, this is my most popular video. Not my second most popular, which is the a cover of Sometimes by My Bloody Valentine. It's one of my favorite songs. And I do a cover that they are, if you know them, they are a very heavy sounding band. They're a shoegaze band very effects laden lots of reverb lots of distortion i play it with a pretty much unplugged guitar or just a clean guitar but there's an element of a drone to the way that i play it's a bit different but i put it out there and i shared it on the subreddit for my bloody valentine as well which i think is why this is my most popular cover facundo bf said lovely somehow this version feels like the first time i listened to this song sorry this video isn't my cover it's the tutorial because someone said i'd love to know how you played that cover so i made a tutorial of it and bryce goff said excellent work mate i've never heard anyone take a stab at singing their melodies and lyrics while demonstrating their guitar parts before great ear just through a maxed out or reverse reverb before distortion play with the whammy bar a bit and take this on the road thanks for sharing i don't recall if those effects are on this track but in general Smiley face, I join your band. Malman03 said, very nice tutorial. 
Desada Kim Sook said, very good. Walter Jose said, you are my number one friend. He said that 10 days ago. That's very, very sweet. Publicly subscribed to me as of one week ago. Oh. Dull said, kind of reminds me of Heroin by The Velvet Underground. And I replied to that. That was three months ago. I replied saying, that's high praise. Thank you. And David Melanson said, good vid. So far, so good. I did a video. Uh, I did a cover of Meet Me in the Bathroom by The Strokes. Gios Shun said, nice voice. Rel said, awesome man. Mark Rasnos said, great. Mark Rasnos' profile picture is of Mr. Peanutbutter, which is always a good sign. Another video of Meet Me in the Bathroom, I think this time I did the whole song, and someone said, mate, I, oh, Red Miller said, mate, I think you're immensely talented. I came across your stuff from your Sometimes tutorial. I love your demos too. I put out an instrumental EP recently. That's Red Miller, R-E-D-M-I-L-L-A-R. Thank you very much. How to do everything said, why does this only have four views? That was four month, three months ago. And on my original song, Killian McKee said, brilliant music. I Blame Joe said, amazing. And on the actual cover of the song, Sometimes by My Bloody Valentine, Brennan Hub said, beautiful. Carl Curran said, what a stunning rendition of a beautifully lonesome song. Somehow you've made it sound even more distant, more intimate than the pummeling assaults of the original Wonderful voice as well, and the tones in that strat sound so warm and crisp. Great work. NK3 said, honestly inspired me to learn it now. I love your version. Please never stop. Albino, Black Bear, no idea who you are, but that was a wonderful cover of one of the greatest songs ever made. Libby Surgeon said, sounds amazing, very impressive. Joel said, beautiful rendition. Branson Frederick said, amazing, I love this man. Please don't ever put down the guitar. Daniel Nakasone said, great cover man. Chambers 69 said, great, sounds great, bro. Daniel Carvalho said, amazing. Picadon said, nice. Andre said, so great. And John Jim 1952 said, sounds good. People can be really nice to strangers. People can also be the complete opposite, as I'm sure there's way more evidence of. But wow, some of those were incredibly kind. And I think the last time I put a video on YouTube was maybe two or so months ago. Huh, that that didn't feel too painful to read. The next one I will look at are the comments I've received on TikTok. I posted a bunch of music videos. I haven't posted on there in like a week because that same... I don't know what it is. Well, I know what it is. It's that I don't consider this as important as everything else I do. But everything else I do is largely on other people's time. This is what I should be doing with my time. And if this is what... If this is all I want to do, I should treat it that way in order to get to that point. It's that much harder to make it the thing you do full time if you are very quick to skip out on it for days or weeks at a time. I hope what I'm saying makes some kind of sense. It has been a long day. So I posted five videos that involve music on TikTok. The first one was a cover, was, no, not a cover, it's my own music. I played a bass line of one of my songs, one of the Midnight songs. It got 30 comments. I did this 11 days ago, a while back. And I said, it's the one where I said for fans of Daft Punk and Block Party and The Rapture, The Killers and CSS and Indie Sleaze and so on. This, I think, has been my most popular of my playing my own music in my room videos. Thad said, the block party inspo is so sick. Mike Ehrmantraut said, has the vibe of block party, the guitar of Interpol and the bass of Tame Impala. I'm liking what I hear. That 
might be hyping me up just a little bit there. If anyone hears this and thinks, whoa, now I've got to check this out, let's go ahead and lower those expectations. But that's very kind. Owen says you're good at bass, to be fair. Anger Skill said Riff is so, so cool. Uh, Angel Fish and the Canman said incredible, mate. Very silent alarm. Metro Alata said sounds great. Can't wait to hear the rest. Uh, Gorb says, <laughs> Gorb, that's a funny name. Gorb says, I love Block Party and I love this. Uh, Large Sun number 25 said, hearing a gang of four damaged goods, quality to it. Some kind words. Then I posted one of me playing guitar and I said for fans of Fontaine's DC, Walkman, Libertine Strokes. And Rob Talbot Drum says, want a drummer. Yes, yes I do. See, that's the kind of thing that I should immediately, oh, and that got 15 likes. I guess the people are like, yes, get this drummer, get a drummer. Keep going. That's the kind of thing I should be leaping on. But he left that comment a week ago and I haven't said anything to it. We're working on it though, we're working on it. Oscar says, sounds amazing. Zenyata said, that goes hard. Josh says, super excited, sounds really good, man. Pacific Zero says, love that tone of a not dialed in overdrive. It's always so cool. And IGL says, actually sounds amazing, glad it's reached the target audience. Which I have to be honest, it has, because it's very easy to get comments that do not sound like this when you put stuff online. So, so far, touch wood, cross fingers, it's kind of going okay. Another video where I said for fans of Interpol, the National Strokes, someone said, post-punk revival, revival, which is well put, because I guess you had post-punk in the 80s. You had the post-punk revival in the early 2000s. So this would be the post-punk, re the revival of the post-punk revival. And I think going forward, as far as culture is concerned, that's what we have to expect now. It's a bit of a feedback loop. Uh... Another person said, loving the band name gives me serious peep show various artist vibes, <laughs> which is fantastic. If you don't know, so I make music has the name loads of Japanese bands and they're referring to the storyline in the TV show Peep Show where there's a character named Jez, Jeremy, who along with another character named Superhands have decided to make music together and their artist name is Various Artists, which of course, if you ever bought a compilation CD and there are songs in there by various artists, that would be the name listed. So to call yourself various artists is, again, just trying to freak out the squares, which I guess, in some way, is what I'm trying to do. Arcana said, love it so far. Another video where I mentioned the Smiths, the Jesus and Mary chain, the Cure. Molchat Doma, someone said, very cool. Someone else said, sounds good, man. And then there was one where I just basically kind of said thank you. I'm just someone in their bedroom playing along to music they haven't finished. But I'm really grateful that people seem to like it. And Death Waits, Death Waits Band says, I'm in this rad. Angelfish and the Canman again said, I am so in, brother. Thad said, release Midnight for us. We need it. Which was actually really sweet to say. <laughs> he said that three days ago. And okay. Yeah. I don't know. At least I thought this might leave me feeling like, okay, let's get at it. There's people out there who want to hear this. Let's get busy with finishing it. It's been nice to read, but oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's just been a particularly long day that the fire I was hoping to stoke has not been stoked. But I am still incredibly grateful that people have said kind things. And as far as my Spotify wrapped for the podcast goes, the stat that got me the most 
was one that said, oh, hold on a second, I've got to go tapping on my phone to find the picture. Where was it? I am a top 10 podcast for 146 fans. I'm a top 5 podcast for 116 fans. And I'm the number 1 podcast for 43 fans. If you're one of those 43 or 116 or 146, thank you very, very much for letting... How do I put this without sounding weird? Spending time with me, letting letting me spend time with you, letting me be in your ear... Whatever of those doesn't sound too creepy. Thank you for listening, essentially. I also had a little bit of a eureka moment. Not eureka, but just a turning point when it comes to the podcast in general. I've mentioned before how I wanted to make it the audio version of the book Saddest of the book Meet Me in the Bathroom, where I would talk to people in the early stages of what they're making. But I think that might actually be a bit counterintuitive. My thinking is... I've just been talking about how intimidating it can be to put what you make out there into the world. A lot of people that are now considered great got there because in the early stages of what they did, no one knew who they were and no one cared who they were, which meant they got to just focus and hone in on what they do so that by the time there was a larger audience, they were ready for them and they were at the point where they could leave a mark. I'm thinking a little bit about the idea of the 10,000 hours. I'm thinking about the classic example of the Beatles playing in Germany like three times a day for quite a while before they were known to the world as the Beatles. So that 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 was like their boot camp, essentially, so that by the time they hit the world stage, they were more than ready for it. Hence the mark they left on so many people to this day. Uh, I re-listened to the first two episodes of that podcast about Franz Ferdinand. It's such an interesting listen. It's called Words Are Leisured, I think it is. If you just search for Franz Ferdinand on Spotify, it might be a Spotify exclusive, but you'll find it there on their page. And Alex talks about how he met Bob the bassist first in like 2000. And I think it took maybe three years before the first show with, I think there's only ever been four members of the four members of the band. Well, until the last few years when the guitarist left and then the drummer left and they've had they're now a five piece instead of a four piece. But at the start, the it was the original I think the first four people he assembled went on to become Franz Ferdinand. But again there were a few years of them just doing their thing and getting better before the world knew about them. And I think that is much harder to come by now. People are itching for that more instant gratification because it's so much easier to make music and so much easier to put it out there the joy you get from just doing that i think has been massively minimized instead the joy comes from getting some kind of attention but i think it's an important part of the recipe to stew in the unknown like in the the wilderness to be unknown for a while so that by the time any popularity you gain, it's earned and it makes sense. And it means you can continue upwards instead of it becoming a dead end. And I think if I start hunting people, that's very rough language, but essentially hunting people down to have as guests in the very, very early stages, I'm... This, there's the factor of, oh, wow, this is like the first interview, but also maybe people need more time. 
do not being known to get really good at what they do before that's another thing actually so in that Franz Ferdinand podcast they talk about making their debut album and they worked with a producer who wasn't too keen on a lot of their ideas and Alex the singer says that's actually the best thing they could have had because if you have an idea and it's met with hostility you have to fight your fight the corner of your idea you have to defend your idea you have to stand behind it which means you must really believe it and then it will prevail and you'll see it through if you're only half-hearted about the idea as soon as you come up against any resistance you'll crumble and then it wasn't worth pursuing in the first place and i think that should that should that must that's an important part in gaining an audience this it's some inevitability to getting negative comments when you put stuff out there but if you believe in your idea i mean take my band name for example if you believe in the idea, then you stand behind it and then you win people around. And then when you get that wider audience, you'll be ready for them because you've there's just a bit more bass in your voice. There's a bit more confidence in what you're doing. So I think at this stage, it's more about me trying to find that own confidence for myself. I'll Maybe my putting myself out there at this early stage is doing me more harm than good. But I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that, that lick, that, that I'll, I'll, I'll bear that cross, I guess. And maybe further along the line, I'll look more into finding other people to talk to in that regard. I can always talk to other people just in general, but I don't think I'll be as eager as I was in earlier episodes to find people at the very start of what they're doing and interview them. I don't know. Now I think I'm talking in circles and it's been 20 minutes. So let's go ahead and call it one there. Thank you for listening and I will catch you on the next episode. And again... More just in general, thank you to anyone who's come across what it is I do on my very, very, very small corner of the internet. Onwards and upwards, hopefully. But I do appreciate you for being here at this stage. That will do. I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care.